Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Order your favorite CBH menu items from the comfort of your home with Skip the Dishes. Here's your host, Derek Taylor. 407 on a Friday, the Sports Cage brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. The text line, your direct line to the cage. 306-936-6262. It's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one dealership. This show, preview of the Pats game. They're in Prince Albert tonight. Dante DiCario will join us. We give away more than 50 grand, maybe, and chase the ace at 430. Luke Mull, 95 at 505. Sarah Orleski talks Winnipeg Jets in the NHL at 530. And Aaron Karolnik of TSN Edge at 605. Plus, Zinger and I will review the Kentucky Scorcher, (laughs) the hottest chicken sandwich on planet Earth, or so they told us. We'll give you the full breakdown. We dove in. We did all our research in advance. We went through it. We dissected it. We 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 considered it from every angle. Uh, Zinger, I think you and I both researched this thoroughly for our conversation coming up. Yes, it's uh. As long as my belly's still full, it's still full right now. So that's a yeah. good thing that comes out of it. Maybe the best thing that comes out of this experience from today. Oh. Quite possibly. A little teaser there. We can confirm it is food. Mm-hmm. Is it hot? Well, we'll have to discuss that uh, a little later on. We become huge fans of bobsleigh on this day, 7.30 p.m., the first heats in the men's four-man bobsleigh. So, Jay Dearborn, the rider safety, and Ben Cokewell, Saskatoon's finest, both competing for Canada in a four-man bobsleigh. Uh, we'll talk about Jeremy Jones or Jeremy O'Day, excuse me, defending his quarterback against the verbal assaults of Chris Jones, some uh, from the Rider Rumbling podcast. Plus, Darnell Sankey has a New Jersey number, Ooh. and it tells us something about someone who may not be back Ooh. for twenty twenty two. A lot going on in this show. A lot of teasing. A lot of teasing. we got to ask Luke Mullinder when he's going to change his uh, Twitter profile picture. He's still wearing that Niners jersey. Maybe he's converted to a Niners fan. You think he's gone to the... I think he might have went to the... The even... Niners aren't really the dark side, so I don't even know what that side yeah, is. Yeah, the Cowboys are like as dark as it gets, right? So. Yeah, Cowboys, Raiders. Maybe he's slowly coming towards the light then. You know, he'll be the Niner fan this coming year, and then maybe next year he'll be... I don't know, a Chargers fan. It'll get warmer and warmer. And then by the end of the decade, he'll be a Green Bay Packers fan, and everyone will be happy. Wow, that's a <laughs> that's a strong turn in the <laughs> NFC. 180 to, from be a Cowboys to a Niners fan, and then just go back 90 degrees the other way. Ah, you know what? It's the Packers. <laughs> I just noticed Jordan that. Jordan Love will be the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, maybe Aaron Rodgers will be back because the Packers hired – Tom Clements, once again, as their quarterback's coach, and that was Aaron Rodgers' favorite quarterback's coach from the beginning of his career. So maybe they're trying to wheel him in again, you know, because he lost Luke Getze to the Bears. You know, he loved him as his quarterback's coach. So we shall see. Bottom line is, Luke Mullinder, when are you going to change your picture, man? Are you a Niners fan? I I think it's the whole month he has to do this, unfortunately for him. I would never put myself in that position where I would have to wear, like, a Cowboys jersey on my Twitter not worth it. Really? Not worth it. It's not worth me taking that risk for me to see another person wear another jersey, you know? No. Okay, so the potential for embarrassing someone else, not a strong enough draw yes, for you. exactly. I feel you. 
on that one. Hey, the uh, Jets and the Oilers, both winners yesterday, uh, doing it the hard way. Oh, but they're yeah. both getting it done. Edmonton 7-3. Winnipeg, yeah, 7-3 over Anaheim. Winnipeg with their backup keeper in there. 5-3 winners over the uh, Seattle Kraken. Man, that is not the Kraken team. That's not the Kraken team I remember as a kid. <laughs> yeah, when they, back in the day, they were a good team. Oh. How about former Pats captain Adam Brooks being bounced around? He was let go by like six teams. Uh, the Leafs let him go, yeah. and now he was claimed by his hometown Winnipeg Jets today. So this season, Habs, Golden Knights, Leafs. When I saw that news, I thought – didn't he just get claimed a few days ago by the yep. Toronto Maple Leafs? I think it was like yesterday, who literally. Put him on waivers, and now he'll be back with the Winnipeg Jets as they deal with some injury concerns. Uh, Sarah Orleski will expand on Adam Brooks coming up at 5.30. We'll be taking your texts as well. Uh, Barry's from Kindersley. Guys, what's happening with that Russian 15-year-old figure skater who tested positive? I hear she's still allowed to compete. Uh, Barry, she did compete. Valieva did compete, fell twice in her long program and thus finished fourth and uh thomas bach the head of the ioc the most uh ethical of all organizations uh took to the microphone today and was criticizing her coaches for kind of abandoning her after she finished fourth just left her alone with her thoughts while the cameras were on her apparently the president of the ioc did not appreciate that so valieva did compete she finished fourth one of her teammates won the gold medal uh, is that normal to fall twice and still f- finish fourth? I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not an expert on the sport, so. Well, she, I, again, I'm. I'm not either. But she throws a lot of those quad jumps, which, right. I mean, weren't in men's skating till I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. True. And they're not prominent in women's, so you can you can score a lot of points and do well with your your short program to get you the lead. She did pretty good without having uh, coaches. I mean, that's just that's sad. Just a bad. It's, wow. It's like how Don King would do the end of a boxing match back in the day. <laughs> oh, my guy lost. This guy's my new guy. Look at him go. <laughs> or now Dana White rolls it now. So uh, congrats, Russia. That's uh, that's really well done. That's how you support the kids. 4-13. Again, Chase the Ace at 4-30. Have your tickets ready. Next, we'll preview the Pats and Raiders with the voice of the Pats, Dante DiCaria, live in the cage. Afternoon rush at 4-16. What you need to know from the Olympics from Friday, the duo of Cassie Sharp and Rachel, Car- uh, Rachel Carker took home the silver and bronze medals in the women's free ski halfpipe. Sharp winning the silver and uh, Carker winning bronze. Laurent Dubois captured silver in men's long track speed skating. And Canada's Brad Gushu won the bronze medal, defeating the U.S. 8-5. And Major League Baseball officially announced that spring training games will be delayed. And bargaining meetings with the MLBPA are scheduled to start on Monday, DT. No baseball. Mm. And not, not anytime soon. However, we get hockey. 7 o'clock from the Art Hauser Center in Prince Albert. Dante DiCaria brings us the Pats and the Prince Albert Raiders. Uh, Dante, how's that bus ride going? Well, the bus ride's pretty good. I, I always seem to enjoy my bus rides up north towards Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Although there's maybe not too many trees, it's always usually sunny. And uh, I don't know, I find it quite relaxing. I love it. I love it. What's, what's your bus routine? Like, are you movies? Are you books? Are you just prepping for the game? Uh, I try to do most of my prep prior to getting on the bus. So that was kind of last night and this morning before we left at noon. 
Um, mostly for me, it's just kind of listening to music and, and stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty boring with the bus. Although on the last Alberta uh, trip, when it was more of an eight-hour type of bus ride, I, uh, I brought my Nintendo Switch on and, and I was gaming. So, uh, yeah, not too much. I'm pretty boring. I like hey I like all that a little Nintendo Switch Zinger you could comment more on the Nintendo Switch yeah, I got I got one I got one that's a good way to go yeah Z- uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild Dante you got to get that yeah. game if you haven't played it yet man. I don't have it I have Animal Crossing to have uh, the new Pokemon so that's what I was playing all right. I feel Thanks you for asking though yeah, no. <laughs> I love it I love it uh, Pats and Raiders tonight uh, this I mean. Not that any game is is unimportant, but this one with two teams tied on thirty six points, this seems like a a, a good one for the Pats. No, it really is. I mean, the Pats are one and one inside the Arthauser Arena this year. They seem to have trouble in this barn. And hey, I mean, Prince Albert is kind of built to play in this type of ring, given they're a physical and tough team. I mean, they can't really keep up with the Pats in terms of their, you know, because the Pats have just so much speed and skill. And the record kind of goes to show. I mentioned one and one in the Prince in Prince Albert, and you know three and one on home ice this season, and lead the season series four games to one. So, I mean, if you look at the season series this year, the Pats have definitely had the Raiders' numbers. But um, for me, it is going to be a very tough game. These are two teams that are battling it out in in the division. I mean, you know, the Pats they've lost seven of the last eight, but the Raiders they've won two of the last three. So. It's going to be interesting tonight for sure. Can you? I've not been to the Arthauser Center, but we talked about it when they were making their run a couple seasons ago. Uh, what, what's it like in there? What's the atmosphere like in the building? Oh, I, honestly, for me, it's one of my favorite rinks to call hockey in. One of the reasons why is because in the booth, you're kind of right in on top of the action, right on top of the fans. Um, it's small. It's, you know, it's compact in there. It, it gets loud. The horn is very loud. The fans are on top of you and stuff like that. It's, it's a fun junior rank to play in. And obviously the Raiders have had success over the last couple of years. This yeah. year maybe not, but um, I think their fans just love their team. I love it. I love it. Uh, Pats tied with the Raiders on points. Pats with two games in hand as we talk to Dante DiCari on his way to Prince Albert for the game tonight. Uh, Connor Bedard points in six straight games. Just all streaks for Connor Bedard right now, right? Points in six straight. Multi-point games in six straight. Two straight Players <laughs> of the Week award. That's that's all right. It is all right. And I, I knew that you guys were going to ask me about Connor Bedard and I was going to turn around and say, we talk about him so much. I mean, what more can we talk about him? He's just been so amazing. I mean, he had a five-point game last Friday against Calgary, second career hat-trick. He's got 39 points in the last 16 games. Like, he's, I believe I did the math before, he's like 2.3 points per game last 16, but he's just been on fire. Um, one thing I will say, some of the fans that haven't come out to the Brand Center and seen him just yet, you're missing out because he is just on another level right now. Yeah, and I, I always like he he has the obvious stuff, right? Like his shot is incredible, skate all the stuff. I love I love watching him like in transition or when it, when he needs to get the puck off a guy who's yeah. got him by seventy pounds and just see how he tries to figure things out because the way he thinks about hockey it seems like is it, it just different from how I would approach hockey. I love watching him when you're that skilled try to figure out the rest of the game too. Well, for me, he always keeps me on my toes when I'm in the broadcast. Whenever he has the puck, I always have to remind myself that he's probably going to do something special because he's just a special player. And you're right, Derek. Like, the things he does when he gets his feet moving with the puck, there's not too many guys that can do that. And he's just got such sharp edges. He makes, like, such perfect last-minute decisions to make plays and keeps pucks in and finds guys where you think he wouldn't find guys. It's almost like he has eyes at the back of his head. Like, it's just... it's. It's really kind of hard to put into words. I mean, I've done a couple of interviews, just people asking about him, and 
I, I've almost run out of ways to describe just the way he is. There was there was one game that, that uh, I was at at home. It was a couple weeks ago, and he fires a puck cross ice in the offensive zone from the half yeah. boards to the opposite half boards. But he did it not at the moment you think he would have done it as he kind of skates backwards. It was a half beat before that. And he went, oh, it just kind of makes you pop and go, oh, okay, that's that's the thing that happens when Connor Bedard does the puck. It's God, that's it's just so much fun. And for you as a broadcaster, it's it just got to keep you on your toes. It does keep me on my toes. And, I mean, just going back to the last point with that pass that you're talking about, I do know exactly what you're talking about. People just have to remember and kind of admire that he always has his head up. And he's never looking down at the puck. And you might say, well, you know, guys at the NHL do that. Well, yes, they do. But sometimes they do take a split second to look down. He is never looking down. He's always looking ahead. He's always looking towards the net. He, and he seems to always have the puck on his stick, right? Like, that's, for me, what impresses myself about him. And then as for just calling him, uh, yeah, I mean, going back to that game in Calgary when he scored, you know, drag move between the legs, top corner, that was maybe an example for myself where you just always have to be ready because you just never know what he's going to do. And, uh, I mean, I take every game seriously. I, I prepare for every single game the same way I would, whether it's, you know, game one or game 68. But, you know, with him, I always have to remind myself that when he has the puck, I got to, I got to kind of, I kind of do the same as he does. He said he kind of blacks out when he plays. I try to black out when I broadcast. Well, because you got to be ready, and you nailed it perfectly yeah. when he did that goal between his legs after the big uh, zinger calls it a toey, uh, and then between his legs, you nailed it. You were you were absolutely ready for it. With oh my god, I can't believe it was it was fantastic. Yeah, he's Dante Dakari. He's the voice of the Pats here on CKRM, and he's with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, the games the Pats play are Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is a real stretch of games for, for the Pats. Yeah, five and seven coming up. They've got, you know, Monday, a family day game. That's going to be really exciting. Uh, hopefully we'll get a good crowd. One thing to point out about that game, it's the first game that the Pats hockey cards will go up on sale and uh, some limited edition rookie cards that we have up for sale uh, at the Brand Center uh, store. So uh, that's going to be fun. So it looks like we'll probably have a good turnout there. And then Wednesday... You know, you got Medicine Hat, and then you go on a really tough three and three weekend. It's the first one and only three and three of the year for the Regina Pats, and uh, that's where they're going to have to, you know, dig deep and and you know pull some character and work work extremely hard. That's what it's going to come down to because you know they've been battling some injuries. Hopefully, they'll get those guys back next week. But yeah, next week is huge. Five and seven is 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 really tough. They're, I'm not taking any way anything away from that, but given where they are in the standings right now, uh, that is a very Crucial, crucial week. Friday in Edmonton, Saturday in Red Deer, Sunday in Calgary. So they just go down the highway. I don't know. I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but is that the way the schedule was supposed to be, or is that kind of yeah. because of postponements? No, no. The oh, schedule wow. was supposed to be like that. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Like we've known from the start of the year that we were going to play this three and three and the five and seven. Um, so no, the that's always the way the schedule was for the three and three, and uh, every team has to do it. I mean, I don't know how many times. I think two or three times we played teams on the back half of the three and three, and and, and generally they don't have the as much energy or they don't have as much legs as they do on the first game of the three and three. But um, hey, I mean, it's a really good. It's going to be a really good learning experience for this group because they're a young team. They're an up and coming team. You know, I think they're going to be really good next year, and I think they obviously have a little bit more on the left uh, left in the tank this year. So. Uh, it's going to be a really good learning experience for this team to go through a screen three. Seven o'clock is puck drop from the Art Hauser Center in Prince Albert. Pre-game show at six thirty-five. Uh, Dante DiCario will take you all the way through it. Anything you can tease us with from the pre-game show? 
Well, I think one guy we got to watch out for every time we go to Prince Albert, and that's Tanner Howe. He's a he's a hometown kid. I know he's going to have his friends and family there to, today. You know, he's on a three-game point streak coming in. He's been very underrated. I shouldn't say we should be surprised anymore because he's been doing it for the last three months. But you know, coming in this year as a fourth-round pick, nobody I don't think really knew what to expect from Tanner. But uh, he's proved a lot of people wrong, and he is he is on fire. Like he has been playing such good hockey, both on the puck and off the puck, and I think he's going to elevate his game playing in his hometown. Love it. Dante, looking forward to your broadcast tonight, man. Enjoy the game. Thanks a lot, Derek. Dante Nakari, the voice of the Pats here on CKRM. 7 o'clock puck drop, 6.35, the pregame show from Prince Albert, right here on 620 CKRM, online, 620CKRM.com. Uh, Zinger says, take the Pats on the puck line. Is that right? Yes, the puck know. line. I don't know. And uh, I've, <laughs> I, don't know I, know, I know gambling would be for the I, WHL. I know Ian explained the puck line once. You don't got to explain it now, but it always, when I'm on my gambling app and I look at that, I'm like, Hockey's so hard to bet on because the numbers are just so far apart all the time. If a team's losing by a goal, it's like there's no point in putting any money on it because you're probably not going to win it. But in basketball, if they're down by like four or five points, you can get that same number, and it's more likely for them to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyways, that's my little gambling rant <laughs> for the day. It's puck line. Yeah. Get the Ziggers puck line podcast <laughs> wherever. Finer podcasts are sold. Uh, Dante, nice enough to join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Gosh, more than $50,000. Chase Yace is picking up some steam zinger. Could this be the day that we give it away? It, and I think the we're guaranteed to be giving away over like three grand or something. That's the weekly prize today. I think it's. Uh, I'm hearing it is six thousand dollars in excess of six grand the for the weekly, weekly prize. The weekly prize is six thousand dollars. Yeah, the progressive well over forty thousand dollars. So combined, could be fifty grand. Have your tickets ready. We're gonna draw a winner, and if you draw the ace of spades, we're gonna give you a ton of money live. Here on the Sports Cage, we'll talk some curling a little later. Again, Jay Dearborn and Ben Cokewell taking part in bobsleigh. We've got Hockey Talk, Luke Mullinder. So much to come right here on the Cage. It is 4.30 on a Friday Smells like money in here. Oh, that's just mush. There's no actual money with us, but John Halverson of the uh, Ryder Foundation is with us to uh, give away this week's Chase the Ace, and it's growing week by week here. It is growing. He said it best. It smells like money in here, and we're ready to give some good money away, that's for sure. $6,356 is the weekly prize. Uh, whoever we draw will take that home. They will have a shot at the Progressive, which has now grown over $54,000. How about we dial up a winner, and then you and I can chit-chat while Zinger gets them on the phone. Absolutely. Here we go. Spinning. We got a border winner today, a Lloyd Minster. Oh, and Lloyd, okay. Murray Evans is our Whoa! winner. Murray Whoa! Evans of Lloyd Minster is the winner. Now, we will make three efforts to get Murray on the phone. 
If we can, he'll have a chance to draw a card of his own. There are 12 cards down, so 40 cards remain, including, well, uh, what's that? Duke Williams is off the board. Kyron Moore's new number is still out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, gosh, we just have, we have all sorts of uh, good numbers just waiting for you. Uh, a lot of 30s. Blaze Brown. Oh, yeah. Not a popular number at all. Yeah, just the one has gone so far. Uh, as we said, this is growing. 6356, the biggest jackpot that we've had thus far. And uh, yep. it's. It's coming up dramatically week by week now. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the bonus now that it's the second year. More people know about us. Um, and it's just that, hey, as the number gets bigger, more and more people are going to be like, I want to play that game. So Yeah. And multiple ways. Uh, everybody uh, listening, I suspect, who wants to be involved is, in, is potentially involved. But there's a bunch of ways they can get in on next next week's draw starting at 5 o'clock today. Starting at 5 o'clock. Yeah. You can get your tickets from Riderville slash foundation chase the ace.com. Um, any of our foundation social media media pages is always promoting ways to, to purchase tickets um, and a lot of e-blasts that we're sending out throughout the week. So, yeah, I just happened to as I pick up my phone uh, and uh, scroll back a little bit. At uh, at about uh, two o'clock today, I got a little notification direct to my phone. Yeah, we were sending actually on the big numbers. So when we hit fifty thousand, we like to send a text message out. So, all right, we have our winner with us. We go to Lloyd Minster and welcome in Murray Evans. Murray, you with us? Yes. Murray, you are the winner in this week's Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Chase the Ace. Congratulations. Okay. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, we've got $6,356 with your name on it, uh, and you now have a shot at the the jackpot of $54,000. Are you, are you familiar with how Chase the Ace works? Oh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, there are 40 numbers remaining between 1 and 52. If you give me one of those numbers, you pick one for me, we'll draw the card, and hopefully we give you a ton of money. Okay, 23. Uh, the number 23 is available. So Mosh will pull out the envelope. Number 23. There it is. Now John is going to crack it open. If it contains the Ace of Spades, the Cody Fajardo card, there's some big money. Big money on the line. Going to Lloyd Minster. All right. The envelope is open. Paper unfolded. Card we inside. The Jack of Diamonds. The Jack of Diamonds. Murray. Oh. You got a face card, though. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> there you go. Well, e either way, Murray, $6,356. Uh, can I ask you, Murray, why you wanted to be a part of uh, the Rough Rider Foundation Chase the Ace? Well, it's a good cause there. They're good for Saskatchewan. And they're, they are Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The money goes to help a lot of folks here in our province. And Murray, thank you for that. You can jump back in at five o'clock. Just because you won this time, you can still win down the road. So we appreciate you being with us, and uh, and congratulations. Okay, thanks, sir. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, Murray Evans of Lloyd Minster, our winner in the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Chase the Ace. Six thousand three hundred fifty-six bucks. Another uh, card off the board, and another week ahead of us. Yeah, thirty-nine cards remain. Uh, not a surprise that we don't have a winner yet. Uh, some folks are like, "Well, you're not going to have a winner. You're going to try to build the drama." Murray had a two point five percent chance of mm -hmm. pulling the winning card. Let's not but kid ourselves. You'd be surprised because I've seen some chase the aces because we do our research before we start that go in the first five weeks. So you really, you <laughs> never know, right? You never know. Like. 
Yeah, it's it's when you get to the final ones. And well, last year we ran it right to the last one, right? You sold, you guys sold out. Yeah, we did sell out. Yeah, so that obviously raised a ton of money for a great cause. So we're yeah. hoping we can do that again this year. I love it. I love it. You mentioned Riderville.com. Uh, how much do they cost? How often can I buy them? What what? Give me some details. For sure. So you can buy them as you mentioned at five o'clock today, starting all the way until four o'clock at the end of Friday next week. Um, tickets are one for ten. 10 for 25, 50 for 50, and 200 tickets for $100. Beautiful, and subscriptions are available so I don't miss any draws. Exactly, if you don't wanna miss or you're worried that you're gonna to forget to buy week over week, you can purchase your subscription. As you check out normally, you'll have that option. So subscribe, don't miss right. it. Is, is there any way, can I slide anything across the table, we can rig this for Luke Mullender? I know I can't win, <laughs> but I wouldn't mind if Mullender got a little piece. Don't think we can do ah, that. Sorry, Luke. So love you, man. Can't do it though. So ethical. So <laughs> ethical. It's so everything is above board when you're dealing with the Saskatchewan Rough Fighter Foundation and the good folks at Viterra who are Absolutely. essential to this happening. No, totally essential. This wouldn't be possible without them. So we appreciate Viterra. So as starting five o'clock, Riderville.com. Get your tickets back in. Uh, we were over sixty k combined next week. Uh, this week, excuse me. Next week. 70 80 when do we get to 100 who knows you tell me you're the number guys man you're the number guy <laughs> it's it's coming soon it's coming soon i'll have a breakdown in the six o'clock hour here on the cage thank john thanks man good to see you great to see you uh riderville.com for your tickets for the saskatchewan rough rider foundation chase the ace it is 4 37 this segment of the show brought to you by nick service in emerald park your local massey ferguson challenger rogator gleaner and fent dealer call 781 1077. Luke Mullender, 505. Sarah Orleski talks hockey at 530 on the cage. 440 with the sports ticker and a day after being placed on waivers by the Maple Leafs, former Regina Pat Adam Brooks was claimed Friday off waivers by his hometown Winnipeg Jets. So fingers crossed he can stick there. And uh, Canada, they're going to be hosting Jamaica on March 27th at Toronto's BMO Field, the last home game in the CONCACAF final round of FIFA World Cup qualifying. Uh, Canada could secure their spot in the World Cup with a win in Costa Rica on uh, March 24th. And uh, Canada has been awarded the silver medal at the Tokyo 2020 men's 4x100-meter relay after a member of uh, Great Britain was found guilty of committing an anti-doping violation so uh that just came out today the sports ticker for bronco plumbing and heating where professional service is guaranteed they'll treat you right 781 2090 you probably have to go check the facts in the story the ioc cares about doping <laughs> 15 year old <laughs> figure skaters are high on whatever and yeah yeah they just pick and choose you know what this time we care we care this time yeah that's funny how that happens like a day later huh it's like wow who who knows? There's a zillion things. Hey, silver medal, way. though. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Andre DeGrasse and company. I wonder what, honestly, I wonder what that's like. Because Do they have to like put their bronze in like a mailing box and send them to the, to the Olympic Committee and wait for their yeah, silver medals? Like, like you're recycling an iPhone? Like, oh, yeah, just prop in the box and we'll send you your new one? Like, And what happens for people who where the gold medalist gets banned? Like uh, the Jamaican relay team in bolts last year got one guy tested positive so they took away their gold medals one you're not getting the gold medal off me no yeah, chance you're not getting that back. i'm not letting you in the door because no but two like there's no pomp and circumstance now for the gold medalists yeah right the there's no lasting pictures of you on top of the podium in this case on you know the second position on the podium and i don't know it's it'd be like winning the matter? super bowl but you don't uh, get the or no 
how would it be? It's like, I don't know, the regular season ends, they crown a champion, but then a month later they give the Super Bowl to a different team and be like, hey, you guys are Super Bowl champs yeah. now. But but you don't get to celebrate with the Lombardi. You just get to have it in the record books. Well, there there you go. If, uh, hey, the Rams had the celebration on the day, Aaron, Aaron uh, Donald had the pointing to his ring finger thing, they had the big parade, uh, the GM was wearing his bleep all them draft picks, whatever, uh, t-shirt and stuff. And then a month later they go, Oh yeah, by the way, we find you guys cheated. Uh, so congratulations, Joe Burrow. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy. Uh, I like to thank the pro football hall of fame for whatever. I'd like to thank everybody. <laughs> it, it would just be, it would be weird, right? Like would anybody get super jacked about that? I wonder what the athletes feel like. Like, Apart from redempt- redemption of, oh, yeah, I knew they were cheating. If I'm in Whatever. that spot, I'm not caring. Like, if my bronze medal was being taken away for a silver, I would kind of feel dirty about it, to be honest. So I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine with just keeping my bronze at this point. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, technically you lost the race, right? Yeah. You, you lost the race. If the guy was doping or not, that wasn't going to make an outcome more than likely, okay? Like, probably not. So... I don't know. Well, and, and I think back to uh, when Chris Webber and the gang were at Michigan, right, playing basketball. This was the, the Ooh, early yeah. 90s. Oh, well, Webber took money, so none of that really happened. The final four banner goes away. Yeah, no one no one believes that. Mm-hmm. No, no, no <laughs> one who watched the Fab Five play basketball oh. cares that Chris Webber took money. No one who saw Marcus Camby, the former Raptor, uh, at UMass cares that Marcus took a necklace or whatever, and all of a sudden UMass now never finished what I think it was second or in the third, fourth in in that year. Like yeah, no one. Yeah, it's it's fine, I guess, but does it really change anything? No, really, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, oh well, but Canada moving on up. Yep. Silver medal, wait for him in the mailbox now, I guess. Uh, Andre de Grasse. <laughs> I would hope at least you go to some sort of premier delivery service for that because, yeah. come on, medals? Those are uh, those are good. Uh, medal for Canada at the Olympics with Brad Gushu. That was nice. A nice bronze medal win. 8-5 win over a, the Americans. It was a heartbreaker in the semi when they lost to Sweden because, I, you know, the country had high hopes for – you know, for Canada to get back on top of the podium and curling. And when that loss happened, kind of took the wind out of the country's sails. Yeah. And it would have been even worse if Gushu lost against the U.S. in the bronze medal game. But they didn't. There you go. Eight to five win. So Canada does come away out of Beijing with an Olymp- uh, with a medal in curling, which is good because if they had no medals in, cur- in oh, curling, yeah. that would have been like, uh... That would have been all three, right? Because mixed doubles didn't didn't qualify for yeah, the playoffs. Not even close. Yeah. So that was a big win. Big win for Brad Gushu. First ever bronze medal for the Canadian men at the Olympics. Well. Usually it's silver and gold because hey, we're Canada and you're not, and now everybody's them and Well we get well Gushu gets to hustle back because they're in the Briar in two weeks' time. That's amazing. Imagine being in the Olympics and then and then you're Two weeks later, whatever. Or, yeah, yeah, March fourth, right? March fourth. Yeah, so that's crazy. Two weeks today. Yeah, you have to get your schedule back on track and stuff, right? Like you're gonna still be sleeping. When yeah. You're... <laughs> well, because they'll go from Beijing to Newfoundland. Well, I presume they'll go home to Newfoundland, and then they'll go to Lethbridge. 
So you move, I don't know, what is that, nine time zones from Beijing? Just guessing, seven, whatever it is. It's like a 13-hour <laughs> difference or something like yeah. that. Well, and then Newfoundland to Alberta has got is got to be uh, half half to Atlantic, one and a half, two and a half, three and a half hours. Yeah. To oh man, these guys they are the true heroes. They, yeah, they are the I, true I heroes. I couldn't do that. Uh, update. This Moron, is Moron's getting arrested in Ottawa. Yeah. Film at eleven. I, I I feel like I should just turn the channel like. Uh... I feel I feel bad uh, watching this in a way because I don't want to give uh, anyone, you know, the pub. But I'm not really pubbing them. It's just you're all true. Nobody pa- cares. You're all true patriots with your cell phones. You're you're just you're crushing it. Yeah, Canada's mortified by you. But here we are. Here we are. Uh, we have an update from the riders. Do we have any update music you can give us, or an update stinger you can give us? Let's see here. We have a a an update. From the Riders roster for the 2022 season. Someone over at my cart, DT, so no, I do not have a news or an update. Darnell, here we go with an update from Derek Taylor. And it features Darnell Sankey. Say the name. Darnell Sankey. He posted on Twitter that he will wear the number 53 this season. That was his number in Calgary, so nice that he gets to continue that. However, someone wore that number last season. My mind is drawing a blank, but I, I, Jordan Williams Lambert, oh. not Jordan. Excuse me. Well, I was like, what? Jordan Herdman Reed. Jo- excuse me. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, yeah, 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 I got the I got the two and two the double last name. Yep. Jordan Herdman Reed wore that last season. Of course, the Riders have re-signed Justin Herdman Reed, but you look at that and go, oh, that probably says uh, probably says that Jordan Herdman Reed's time with the Riders uh, is done. So no more twins in the in the green and white. Is that is that what we're coming to the conclusion to today? Quite possibly. That's the handing the guy's number out. So who knows? Yeah, uh, we haven't heard much about Jordan Herdman Reed, and, and I, I'm you, I'm honestly surprised because uh, a texter brought it up to us about a week ago. Like, hey, the starting linebackers still need some depth, right? Yeah, starting linebackers look fantastic between tights and Sankey. And Derek Moncrief, but w- what about the depth for a team that loves to play uh, linebackers in its special teams? What about the depth? And you thought that Jordan Herdman Reed would would be in that mix, well, or did fine in that mix last season? Uh, they get Justin Herdman Reed back behind Micah Tights, and let's just pull up uh, as we go here the current Riders depth chart that gets updated every uh, every time something happens. But so it's, it's it's a bit it's. Honestly, it's a little surprising for me. It's safe to buy your 53 Sankey jerseys then, is basically what we're saying here. For at, at least a year. I was going to say, <laughs> as safe as it can be with CFL contracts that go one year. Um, as right now, uh, the Canadian depth at linebacker, Micah Tights, Justin Herman reed uh, A.J. Allen. Uh, Godfrey Onyeka, of course, is Canadian, but he's a defensive back and a Sam linebacker. Then you go to Alvin Jones Jr., Michael Pinckney, Gary Johnson, Nigel Harris, Larry Dean, Sankey, Brian Cole, a lot of Americans in those depth spots, but not as many Canadians. Uh, And kind of everything makes me go, oh, okay, well, what's the draft going to bring then for the Riders? Is that a position they feel they can draft? Or is it offensive line? Or is it uh, a a receiver that slides down inside because someone still has to be Braden Lenius? How about some Ryder Varga of the University of Regina in the CFL draft? How amazing would that be? 
a U of R Rams linebacker on the Riders, like that would be that would be all right. Chef's kiss. You'd you'd have you'd have potentially Rams linebackers on opposite sides of the Labor Day and Banjo Bowl. That's right. Bobby Lowe's. Ba- I mean, is under contract to the Bombers. That's right. Huh? That's right. God, this could be a this could be a good year for Rams Rams backers in uh, or Rams players with the Bombers. And how weird would that be? I really hope that Kyle Borsa gets a shot this year, man. Like we're talking about a guy who didn't play too many games in youth sports level, and I I don't think he like reached his full potential in youth sports because of it. Uh, th- this past year, like the Rams' offense was just kind of you know iffy. So I, just give the guy a shot, hand him the rock. We talked about it all the time. How you know I think the running back position is a spot where you can just you know hand it to a Canadian like Kyle Borsa, man, and just let him do it, like. You'll get production out of him. The guy is a great athlete, former Riffle Royal here in Regina. Yeah. Big fan. So I wish he was on the Riders. And if if Winnipeg does the same thing with its running backs last year, Andrew Harris, big salary. Johnny Johnny Augustine, not his big salary. Brady Oliveira, rookie contract. This year, Augustine and Oliveira both got new contracts. If you're doing the same thing as last year, you need a third Canadian. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it be? Because Kyle Borsa's athletic testing was redonkulous. Right? Yeah, he's not only a running back. He's like, that's a guy that you can, you know, put in the slot. He Like, he played a lot of receiver, too, in high school and Rams. You know, run him, run him downfield. He's... You're wasting his talents if you just put him in the backfield. That's like yeah. a... That's like a gadget weapon. Well, I'm and- jealous that the Bombers have him, to be honest. I was hoping the Riders would draft him <laughs> back uh last year yeah and the one thing you know from watching canadians in the canadian football league is you're probably going to need to be flexible right Mm -hmm. riders go get evan johnson like oh well he's been left guard a lot of his time he's played some tackle we're gonna slap him at right guard left guard went down and they had somebody better suited to right guard evan johnson's gonna be over there oh somebody got hurt at tackle you could bounce evan johnson Outside, you you need to be. Oh, uh, you Kean Schaefer Baker. Well, you know what? We need someone. Shaq's down, and Jordan Williams Lambert is hurt. So, congratulations, you're our X receiver now. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure, let's do that. You can be flexible. I mean, what does Winnipeg? Winnipeg benefits every single game from a Riders draft pick, Nick Dembski, right? <sighs> Guy who was a running back in college became a receiver in college. They run him out of the backfield. They run him from slot back. If Kyle Borsa can be that third receiver at the CFL level, it makes even more sense actually to have him in Regina now. Mm-hmm. If he could potentially, be, I don't know if he's big enough to be that guy, because that's the Corey Watson sized guy you you might like there. But I mean, I think he could do there's, it. There's a team. Got to swing of the a bombers, deal. Aggravatingly. Uh, flexible with their roster with a guy potentially if Borsa could stick around. And then how many running like they got Oliveira, they they got Johnny Augustine, they yeah. got they got like Borsa. They carried three last year, so if they carry oh. three this year, Kyle Borsa time. I'm for it. You look at the Riders roster right now, we got Keenan LaFrance and Jamal Morrow and, and uh is that it that we have on the roster for running backs right now? Uh Shamar Shamar Moreland would be on the roster and uh well Jonathan Femi Cole I believe is going to be more of a fullback. I'm but gonna... ba- like the only two guys that I've like seen the field though with like a significant amount of playing time have, has been LaFrance and Morrow. Yeah. Right. So barring them going to get somebody. Oh, yeah, Jonathan Femi Cole, 5'10", 218. I I would I have I mean again, I haven't seen him in camp. Uh got injured last year, of course. He was uh, part of the Achilles 4. He correct? was. So, yeah, that's it's Jamal Morrow and uh 
Keen LaFrance, and then some folks that haven't uh, taken snaps at the CFL level that we've seen. Yeah. That's good. That's an area of concern. It is, and bouncing around to positions and stuff, um, I'm still sitting back every day thinking about the defensive backfield for the Riders. Uh, I don't know if my pessimistic uh, <laughs> point of thinking right now is a good thing or not, but like losing losing Ed Ganey and uh, Luchas Purifoy, I think let's not lie to ourselves here. That is that is that's big. That's a substantial move by the club. And right? really no replacements as far as free agency goes. And uh, so it just makes you wonder, is it the guys on the roster that the Riders are going to go with this year? Is it like through the draft? You can't imagine that they're going to fill those positions in, in the draft. I mean, we're talking no. about a prime American boundary halfback position. The guy that arguably covers like the best receiver on some of the teams. So it's like yeah. I think I think Ryder fans have a pretty good reason to be a little bit concerned about the about the defensive backs. Running back, not so much because hey, I'm oh. I'm Team Jamal Morrill, man. Nice. I'm Team Jamal Morrill. I thought you were Team DT with the running backs. Don't particularly matter. Thought, but uh, defensive backfield: Nick Marshall, Mike Adam, returning starter. Blaze Brown under contract could be back at that field cornerback spot. Uh, Damon Webb remains under contract, so you might have that field side. But yeah, who? Is that is that enough? Uh, Jeremy Clark. Will you go Canadian at one of those spots if Nelson Lacombo is fully recovered and you have Godfrey Onyeka and you have uh, Matt Watson, who they took in the draft? Not sure what Matt Watson is all about on the field, but and that's one that I think a lot Canadian? of fa- a lot of fans forget about too is Nelson Lacombo. Like we Nelson Lacombo for good reason, you know, might be an afterthought right now, but that's just because we haven't seen the guy in a helmet yet, really. Yeah. But like we're talking about a guy that was probably going to be starting at the field corner last year or we would have liked to see that right right they so, have the backup depth for it yeah and that's a guy that i think come training camp a lot of eyes are going to be on that guy and in the first like preseason game ish like that's that is uh one name that i think fans gotta start putting on their radar once again because i think he's poised for a big year president's trophy winner Nelson Lacombo. It is 4.56, the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Luke Mullender is with us. Our conversation with Sarah Orleski. Winnipeg Jets getting in a hole early in that game against the Kraken and then pulling out a 5-3 win. They've won three and got an extra point in their last five games. Still a lot of teams for them to climb over to get into a playoff spot, but there's at least the potential if the Jets keep going and Shifley keeps going and Wheeler keeps going at this pace. Maybe the Jets, the Oilers, and the Flames all squeak into the playoffs and the Flames walk away with the Western Division crown. It would be nice just because the playoffs is a whole lot more exciting when we have these Canadian teams in it. It's really dull when there's like one Canadian team in it and then they get eliminated in the first round. Yeah. And then like the the buzz just isn't the same on, on the big networks and stuff and around the country. So even if I have to find myself cheering for a Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs or a Calgary Flames, eh. Maybe I'll do it, you know. <laughs> well, you won't be cheering for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, do you have to remind me of this every day? Yes, I know. They have eight wins. They suck. They will never be in the playoffs again. Oh, are they still on eight wins? Is that, yeah, is I, that I think so. That, that's engraved in my mind. <laughs> 457. Uh, the text line is always open to you at 306-936-6262. Any rider questions you want to hear Luke Mullender ponder? Fire them to me. It's the Capital GMC text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. 457, 
News is next on 620 CKRM. Five oh eight on a Friday. Sports Cage brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over sixty-five years. Uh, Luke Mullinder, Zinger brought up a good question right at the top of the show. Are you still obligated to be a 49ers fan? Still? I'm obligated to have um, my profile picks with that picture up until the twenty-fifth. I am not a 49ers fan. Okay, because Zinger was wondering if maybe you were migrating west from your Cowboys, but that's not happening, not you're saying? No, not at all. Uh-huh. Not at all, and I can't wait till till I get to change my profile picks because they're absolutely ridiculous. Zinger, I don't know, Trey Lance, That's that seems pretty appealing. That's that's probably worth chasing, changing yeah. teams for. Yeah, decent uniforms out there, Luke. I thought maybe you just started to like that red a bit, you know? Yeah, red looks good on you, buddy. Red looks very, very handsome on you, sir. The only red that I'm ever going to wear is the red of the Canadian Red Cross. Yes. And the Red Cross Societies internationally. Uh, see, that's when you lob one up for your partner and he smacks it out of the park. <laughs> That's exactly what happened right and, there. And the Montreal Canadiens, right? And, of course, the home oh gone. Let's not go down the road of another team that he hates. We don't need to be, we don't need to be doing that. All right, uh, Luke Molliner, let's talk about Jeremy O'Day. He was on the Rider Rumblings podcast done by friends of the show, Murray McCormick and Rob Banstone. Uh, and they asked him about Chris Jones' assertion that Cody isn't a top-five quarterback. Uh, Jeremy O'Day says, hey, Chris is certainly entitled to his opinion of any player in our league. Ton of respect. But I think if you look at Cody and his two years of starting, he's averaged being in the top three for passing yards in their league. Uh, I think there'd be an argument to say he's not a passer. Then how do you fall in the top three of passing yards over two years? How, how committed, how all-in do you believe the Riders are on Cody Fajardo? Well, judging by what they've done in free agency, I'd say, I'd say if this was a poker tournament, their their chips would be in the middle of the table um, at the turn. So, um, I think that Jeremy O'Day has to advocate for his starting quarterback. Um, but again. It's not necessarily, I mean, if you look into overall numbers, right? Like, again, we've had this conversation before. Numbers of numbers can be deceiving sometimes if you don't have the context to them. But, you know, quite frankly, there, there was a lot left, left to be desired here this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, Chris Jones, I, I read that quote. Um, he's just... It, He's just, I mean, I don't think he meant anything by it. I think, I, I don't think he meant to come across as critical as, as he was or it sounded um, about Cody. I think that he was just, I, I've talked with him about certain football players and stuff, and, and I've heard him say things like that, but they've never been to any, any you know, negligible uh, intent. I think that, you know, he's, he's just a guy that, that evaluates football players and football positions to certain criteria, right? I mean, um, at the same time, I, I, you know, a couple of years ago when, when he said that, you know, Darian Durant had a moderately successful football career to, to that point. <laughs> Did he really? Um, Was that a yeah, thing? You know, oh, and, no. And it, and it raised a lot of ire in Ryder Nation, and, oh. and for good reason, right? Doubles is one of the best quarterbacks that's been here. He's one of the best leaders I've ever been around. You know, but even that, I, I don't think he necessarily meant to just throw shade 
that guy is. It's just him having general football conversations. So um, I, I still haven't come with the four, the five quarterbacks in the league that he would think are better than than Cody Fajardo. It's been like a month with this comment. I still can't think of the five he's possibly thinking of because if any of them are on his roster, that guy is he's not doing well. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know I I wouldn't I wouldn't venture to say I think. Cody's easily one of the top five quarterbacks in this league, and it's strictly for that reason. It's because there's not a ton of competition right now. Yeah, so you, you've got you've got Mike Riley out of the league. Um, Trevor Harris is seemingly uh, relegated, been relegated to the bench in, in Montreal. Um, think uh, well, let's. I let's... think he's definitely better than Jeremiah Masoli. I think he's better than Vernon Adams. I think, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's do this. Between between you and Zinger, I'll throw you Cody Fajardo, and I'll throw you the starting quarterback for any other team, and let's figure out how many teams he would start for. Uh, Luke, uh, Cody Fajardo or Nathan Rourke, the BC quarterback? Yeah, Cody Fajardo. Cody Fajardo. Cody. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, Cody Fajardo or Bo Levi Mitchell? Bo Levi Mitchell. Okay. Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah, how can you not? Bo- it, Bo- well, it's he, it's tough because Bowley hasn't been the same bowl the last little very, while. Very true. Uh, Cody Fajardo or who's going to be the star? Oh, Nick, Nick Arbuckle, Luke. Cody Fajardo. Yeah, yeah Fajardo. Okay, uh, Cody Fajardo or Zach Caleros? Ooh. That one, Zach that Caleros. One, yeah, that one's Zach Caleros for me too. Yeah. Okay, now we get to Hamilton. Luke, Cody Fajardo or Dane Evans? Cody Fajardo. Right? Fajardo. Yeah, okay. Uh, Cody Fajardo or McLeod Bethel-Thompson in Toronto? Fajardo. Yeah, I got to go Fajardo. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm waiting for Luke here. Yeah, yeah I'll go Cody. Uh, you said Cody over Jeremiah Masoli. Yeah. You'd agree. And then Cody Vernon Adams. Yeah, I'd go Cody over Vernon Adams as well. Yeah. So six out of there's only two there's only two quarterbacks, two teams with quarterbacks that we would consider in a – in a better spot. And I think we're all kind of on the fence about the Calgary Stampeders thing. I know you were. Yeah, that's one. I'm that... not on the fence about the Calgary Stampeders. It's ridiculous to compare the two. Okay. Well, so let, Bowley by Mitchell is the better quarterback. Let me hit Zinger first and I'll get back to you. Well, I, I think like if you look at his past, obviously it's easy to say that he's the better quarterback. Speaking but, of Bo. Speaking of Bo, but until we see it consistently again, you know that that that's the thing because sometimes, you know, players it's, can fall off the yeah. cliff, if you will. If you Luke, for me, if you compare their last two seasons, Fajardo's been better than Bo Levi Mitchell, but Bo has a significant history of being elite in this league. Is that is that what leads you to it, or is there more? Yeah, that's all. That, okay. That's all that I need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I'm just you're right. Like that's that's Bo Levi Mitchell. We're 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 kidding ourselves if if we're not considering him uh, uh, a healthy Bo Levi Mitchell of being the best quarterback in this league. Cody Fajardo or Jake Mayer, Luke Mullender? I actually hesitated to figure out who Jake Mayer was. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're into the backups, right? Because we've got two yeah. starting quarterbacks that we would we would consider equal to or better than Cody Fajardo. So I, that, that's our problem. That's my problem with, I don't know what five quarterbacks he's thinking of because – uh, Dakota Prukop, is that does that tickle your fancy? Oh no, you let him go. Is he Khalil, thinking of the Khalil USFL Tate? or? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, Jeremy O'Day. I think wrapped it up uh, pretty well on the the Rider Rumblings podcast. Quote: I don't think anyone's upset when he's scrambling around and diving for the pylon to win games for us. 
That sounds uh, about right. Yeah, I really enjoy it. That's one of the aspects of Cody's game I really enjoy, the, the uh, toughness that he exhibits and, and his competitiveness. Uh, again, I think that um, he, he, he's got a chance, you know, in the second year of Jason Moss's off- offense to, to, to get his name in the conversation of upper echelon quarterbacks if he can just be accurate next year, you know, and if he hits a couple of his deep balls. I, I, I think that they, they still got to work in, on their offensive line, whether that's, you know, through free agency or, or you know, get the guys that they have in the room better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, when he when he has the when he has the time to throw, he's got to hit his his throws, especially those deep balls next year, and and he's got a chance to be be one of the elite guys, or or at least be in the conversation. Well, and you have at least three deep threats in that in that starting five receiver package, right between Duke Williams, Kean Schaefer Baker, and Shaq Evans. So that it appears from a general manager perspective, he's he's set for success. Uh, this coming season. Before we hit the break, I just want to get a, uh, a quick thought from you. Terrell Janna, uh, Farhan Lodge reporter, will be retiring after just one season. The Riders' second-round draft pick in 2021, 17th overall, uh, I, deciding to move on. Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing. I mean, you've, you've got a couple Canadian receivers in the fold. And Terrell Janna was the guy that was going to really obviously get an opportunity to push for some sort of playing time. Um from from all I hear about Terrell Jana is that this is a really bright kid who has a lot of different interests and um, and is and is going to be set up well for success outside of football and I think that he made the decision um, you know as every football player does have to make eventually on on what's more beneficial for the long term plan you know I mean football is something to where even if you have a ten year career like that's literally a uh, uh, one blip on the the radar of life you know people people always criticize Sh- scott schultz for leaving in the middle of our 2009 season and i don't think anybody in the locker room ever faulted him for that we all understood that hey man he had an opportunity to provide for his family outside of football um you know and create some generational wealth who wouldn't want to do that right yeah. so uh, i i wish him luck man i i think that uh you know it's not an easy decision because one of the things that you don't want to do is is regret not trying you know and um and i think that um there's a lot of guys that that are in terrell Janice's position that you know, wouldn't give up that opportunity to at least see what what you know the football side of life could bring him because he was so young in his career. So, you know, if if he's leaving, then all you can do is you can hope that this young man is successful um, because he was going to have to deal with real life either way. And and um, I, I commend him for choosing or at least thinking that his he he had an option outside of football. A lot of people don't. You got to remember that. You know, mm-hmm. I can't tell you guys how many times I've heard guys say, "Oh man, I'm going to play for five more years and then that's it." And then like they they literally get cut in a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this this game this there's no loyalty in the football side of things. So whenever a guy can make a decision to better his life outside of, of football, whenever that is, then then that's what they should do. You know, we're not again. It's that whole thing. We're not talking about NFL generational wealth here. We're talking about the best summertime job ever. Yeah, the the seven hundred fifty bucks a week on practice roster doesn't doesn't uh, 
heal quite like the $15 million signing bonus you get as the first pe- first round draft pick of whichever team in the National Football League. It's 520 yeah. more with Luke Mullender on the other side. The text line 306-936-6262 powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. 523 with the afternoon rush. What you need to know from the Olympics. The duo of uh, Cassie Sharp and Rachel Carker took home the silver and bronze medal in uh, the women's free ski half pipe. Sharp winning the silver and Carker winning the bronze. And uh, Laurent Dubois captured silver in men's long track speed skating. And Canada's Brad Gushu with a big win for curling uh, won the bronze medal, defeating the U.S. 8-5. And Major League Baseball officially announced that spring training games will be delayed. No surprise there. Bargaining uh, is going to resume here with the MLBPA on Monday, DT. All right. 7.30 p.m. And, yes. Four-man bobsleigh. Jay Dearborn. Rider safety, former rider safety, free agent, whatever. He's a rider safety. Jay Dearborn, four-man bobsled. I start thinking, uh, Luke, about other riders I want to see in in Winter Olympic events. I kind of want to see, like, A.C. Leonard in pairs figure skating. Because, one, he would... What? What? Can you imagine? One, A.C. Leonard is a ridiculously good athlete. Confirmed? Cut it out. (laughs) But, no, just just bear with me. One, that guy can do a standing backflip. So there's got to be some stuff he could do in the air. Two... Can you imagine how far he could throw his 95-pound partner? He'd chuck her halfway down the ice. She'd spin 15 times. They'd get a, they'd get gold medal. Gold medal figure skater, A.C. Leonard. You want to see A.C. Leonard figure skate. Is that what I'm learning on this day? A.C. Leonard broke both his ankles just listening to that. <laughs> but had he grown up on it, he could be unbe- – like, it would just be unbelievable to put a football player in that because those, those – uh, those partners, figure skaters, those dudes are strong on one level, but football players, strong on a different level. It can't just be all the strength sports. We need to find spots for some of these guys. I mean, I think that we could – oh, man. Imagine AC the push Leonard. wreck it I'd Ralph would have on bobsleigh. I'd see that man on hockey skates rather than figure skating skates. He... Like, put, put that kid on blades and give him a stick. What else would be who? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of cross country skiing, zinger, and shooting, and I don't know, but I don't know about those ones. It's, it's the, the figure skaters are like the DBs or the or the wide receivers, man. That's a they're, they're, those those are the prissy guys. You know what I mean? The guys that just you know they're graceful. They they love the they love the spotlight. They want to be out there by themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, feel so, yeah, I could see that. Right, like that's figure skaters. You know, I, I think that. Uh, yeah, AC wants to be around the locker room, you know, banging heads out there, scoring goals. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Okay, what now, if we, now you're making me think? What if we took like, uh, like I need like a lineman like Taryn Vaughn at snowboard big air just to see because those those guys are those guys and gals are flipping and twisting and spinning. But put a big dude out there who can move. Hey, you know, trying to hurt Taryn Vaughn again. You know who I think would do good on, on the big air? Hit me. He's already halfway there. Dan Clark, man, he's an avid snowmobiler, right? He, he's, 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 he, he, uh, yeah, like he's a winner guy, man. I could see him. I could see him in the half fight. If there, if there's I, one guy to on, on the hill, it has to be Dan Clark, DT. Yeah. Can, 
He does everything. Yeah, because like Mark McMorris and company, Max Perot, those guys look like they're they're lean. Like obviously strong, but lean. But I, I kind of want to see a big cat just flipping around out there. <laughs> Wreck it, Ralph on on the snowboard, just bombing down the hill. I this ah, uh, we got to work on some of these again because I really think I really think like a football sized man throwing in the air a ninety five pound woman could could. Give us some incredible results. This is just, I think it's just dangerous, DT. We're talking like That's dangerous true. stuff here. Well, I don't got it. Dan Clark flying in the big air event and snowboards, like th- that, he's not going to hang in the air for very long. That, you know, he's he's tumbling to the ground. He's not hanging up there. Hey, that, that no, can't. You know what? You know where, you know where I, you know where I, I wouldn't mind seeing the old linemen. I wouldn't mind them seeing, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them, uh, O line and D line guys doing the curling. I think that, uh, I yeah. think that, you know the. I think that they'd be exceptional curlers. You know, you're dealing with a lot of core strength. You're dealing with, you're dealing with tossing heavy rocks. You're dealing with, you know, um, your your range of motion and the way you lose your leg, you use your feet. You, right. you know, that's not as athletic. Yeah, so I could see him doing that. I got one Again, for you. you know, the, it's, it's the wide receivers and and and, and DBs. You'd, you'd think of doing the other stuff like luge or. Skeletons, no, yeah. Oh, I think maybe Ferlin Johnson doubles luge. Let's get that going. Wow. Can you imagine? Well, okay, one, those suits are pretty tight, but so I don't know. But I'm just saying, Ferlin, Ferlin Johnson in the all Saskatchewan doubles luge? Skeleton's the one going head first, right? Correct. Uh, I want to see like Dan Clark doing some skeleton. I don't want to see anybody do that. You gotta. Well, although Dan does say I missed hitting people with my head. Yeah, if you so, want to hit your head, head you, first. Go head first on uh, the hill. Uh, Luke, before we bail on the segment, I, I just got to get your take on. I, I love so much uh, what the BC Lions have been doing with their coaches. Right when this coaching cap or staff cap came in, a lot of the fear was, well, young coaches are going to get left out in the cold. Last year, they bring in Claudel Lewis and uh, Tristan Dice is the other one. And this year, two, I mean, a former college player and a guy who had just retired at the age of like 26. And this year, they bring in the first woman full-time assistant coach in Tanya Walter. BC's doing oh, it right. Man, that, you know what? I, I'm, so, I'm so proud of, uh, you know, to be associated with the league. You know, they're truly, they're truly looking to continue to – you know to promote diversity i know we had that whole diversity is strength thing and and here's the thing uh you know i know it's been done in the nfl already but you know for to see the cfl moving in this direction as well and you know it's not it it wasn't and i i really like the hurt i really like hurt yeah this is no nonsense this isn't you know on social media this isn't instagram this isn't you know tiktok and and promoting yourself like she's she's a worker you know, she's out there. She's trying to get better, and she's trying to be a teacher, and she's trying to get other, other athletes better. And I really respect that. Uh, you know, I, I did a little digging on her just to, you know, to check out the story because there really wasn't much out there. And and you know, again, uh, it makes you cheer for the BC Lions if if you're somebody that's not necessarily a football fan. You know what I mean? Like if you're somebody that would really like to get into the CFL but doesn't understand football or whatever. Well, hey, you know what? Like, look at this team. They're they're really promoting diversity and, and, and trying to, you know, trying to show um, younger kids, whether they're female or male, like, hey, professional football is within your grasp. You just got to work hard. Yeah. You don't have to have played pro football. 
Uh, you don't have to have, have played – well, I mean, she played football at high level. She played in the WWCFL, so a higher level than most of us will ever touch in our lives. But you don't have to have been a professional football player. Uh, yeah, you just have to know and love football and be willing to work. Bill touch an NFL field, period. Yeah. Exactly. The the greatest of all time uh, in the yeah. NFL. Never touched an NFL field is a very good point. Brother, thank you so much. We'll, uh, no show for us on Monday, but we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, man. Let's talk Tuesday or something. Anyways, uh, have a great long weekend, fellas, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. He is uh, Luke Mullender, at LukeMull95 on Twitter. He's with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. What rider do you want to see in which Winter Olympic event? KD says swerve in short track speed skating. Oh, I'd pay for that. I like that. Yeah. That's a good one. Get him some of those big, I don't know what they use, the clapper blade, whatever, whipping around super fast, diving in and outside of people. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. Hit me up with your riders in the Winter Olympics at 306-936-6262, the Capital GMC text line. 532, TSN Sarah Orleski on the Jets. Back-to-back wins coming up. Thirty-five. I can make your hands clap. And I can make your hands clap. There we go. I love it. Uh, the Jets, 5-3 winners over the Seattle Kraken last night. Jets trying to get back into their playoff spot. Sarah Orleski makes her weekly visit. So we're on the way to the movies. Is that right, Sarah? We're off to the to the picture shows? We are. I haven't been to a movie in a couple of years in an actual theater, so looking forward to it tonight. Now, will you sing along during Sing 2, or is that for somebody else? <laughs> Isn't that what everybody, your first movie back in a couple of years, and it's and it's Sing 2. Oh, I'll sing along. I have, well, no, actually, it'll depend how many people are in the theater, Yeah, but I'll hum along. There you go. Uh, I, I found... have no qualms about it. You know those people, Derek, that... Uh, that sing in their car when they're alone you pull up beside them at the red light and you look over and think those people you know what are they doing yeah that's me oh yeah. really oh. oh absolutely so yeah. i feel i feel like you might be like a current current day pop like you would have that station on our play 92 would be on your radio and you'd be bopping along to whatever uh, a little bit i really i excel more in probably up until the 2010s I'm, I don't know. I, I kind of mumble my way through some of the songs these days. You know, I know a line or two of the chorus. Okay. My daughter my daughter is laughing right now at me because she constantly looks at me and says, how do you not know this song? And I says, well, I know a couple of lines. Yeah. But, well, but again, when, I'm hip. Sure. When no. Barbie Girl comes on, you're all over that one, though. <laughs> I'm all over it. Yeah. Oh, I know those ones. Of course. Exactly. Uh, the <laughs> Je- <Little> Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, living on a prayer, just everything <laughs> in there. Uh, Jets winners last night, 5-3 over Seattle. What is that now? Three wins in, in four. Uh, things are things are at least looking up. Like we talked about last week, they, they need to start looking up, and this is this is nice. Yes. It's funny because the last couple of weeks I've – I've honestly have looked and said there's no, I mean, this team, unfortunately, there's no shot of them in the postseason, even though not mathematically eliminated with the number of times, and we've discussed it, the number of teams that they need to jump over in order to be able to get that wild card spot. But you look at them, they have gone on uh, a heater since the end of the 
all-star break, and they have been able to get points, and they've gotten it's now nine out of a possible ten points in their last five games. And so with with that, they've moved up, and they go to today uh, three points back of that final wild card spot. So they are certainly they've said that they hit reset. They had more to give, and we've seen it from them so far. Yeah, and uh, we've seen it from Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley. Wheeler, 12 points in his last six games. Shifley, what is it, seven goals and 11 points in his last six games? Even after that brutal gooning he took in yesterday's game, he's he's got it. I mean, they both have it going. And that was the thing that Dave Lowry had said, and that your best players need to be your best players in this one. And we hadn't seen that in the first half of the season, and we have seen it so far since coming back, that they have really put the team offensively, they have put the team on their shoulders, and they've, been, they've had a resurgence for it, they've found their legs again, they've been able to get the job done, and that's what they're going to need. If the Winnipeg Jets have a shot at making it into the postseason, they are going to need those players to step up, and it's really been something to be able to see the way that they have so far and obviously they're not going to continue to have three four five point nights that's not realistic to expect that to the extent that we've seen recently but if they're able to contribute the way that if they're able to contribute regularly I think that this team is certainly they've had energy put into them they still had slow starts it's four games in a row now in which they've given up the first goal and they've had to battle back from it but they have been able to do that, and I give them credit for the push that they're putting on right now. After yesterday's game, I mentioned Shifley getting gooned from behind. I, I turned my head to see it as, I forget who it was from the Kraken, crushes him from behind into the boards in an absolutely dangerous hit. Shifley then gets up and starts beating him up, I mean, rightly so. Uh, no ill effects for Shifley from that that they've, that they've talked about? Not that we're aware of. It was an optional skate today for them. Only eight players or so were to take the ice. So, no, he finished the game. And that was the other thing that you liked seeing was the response from the team. Thankfully, if you're a Jets fan, Mark Shifley jumped up right away and retaliated. And Blake Wheeler was in there right away as mm. well. So, no, no ill effects of it. But we are waiting to see Cole Perfetti today uh, was said to be day-to-day. A little bit longer than day-to-day. He left last game late in the third period. Well, Andrew Kopp is still listed as day-to-day, so I'd be surprised if we see either of them in the game tomorrow afternoon against the Edmonton Oilers. She's Sarah Orleski of TSM with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, With those bodies out, they've made a move that uh, is good news for Winnipeg fans and uh, good news for Regina Pats fans as well. Uh, Adam Brooks back with the Jets. Yeah, so a Winnipegger comes home. They claim him off of waivers and see a lot of people on social media comparing Adam this year to Eric Comrie's route and path because last season Eric Comrie just seemed to be perennially on waivers and claimed and he was living out of a suitcase. Of course, last year even more challenging because he constantly had to um, isolate Mm -hmm. because of COVID protocols at the time. But you look at it, this is the fourth team now that Adam will have been with, fourth time claimed off of waivers. He's already played for Montreal and Vegas this season, claimed by Toronto. They had to put him on waivers, and he was claimed by Winnipeg. So always like to see, though, a Winnipegger be able to suit up for the hometown team. And undoubtedly, there are some 
very happy friends and family um, in the city today. Man, that's that's a hard season for one guy. Like that is that's hard. I no comment I, on his play whatsoever. That's a hard season for a dude. Oh, absolutely. And I think that sometimes we forget that or overlook it because you you look at so often. You'll hear players. I mean, certainly say it and. We hear it all the time, even more so in football. For it. But when people lose perspective, I think, sometimes and view these players more so as commodities than people. And I can't imagine how, he's 25 years old, I, but I can't imagine how challenging it must be to constantly be on the move and not feel as if you're settled in one place. Or maybe you think you've found a little bit of your footing with an organization, and then you're put on waivers again and going back and forth. And that uncertainty can't be easy for anybody. All right, I, I got to ask you this: If you had bounced to four cities in a single season, what's what's the <laughs> restaurant you would use to to hone yourself in? You'd get to your new city, you'd be like, "Okay, where's the blank restaurant?" Because then I'll know I'm I'm at least okay. Oh, that's a great question. Like, okay, so well, it obviously has to be a chain restaurant. Yep. Of some sort. Um, oh, oh, I oh I don't even know. Do you know what's really sad? So this is this tells you. I mean, just how incredibly high maintenance I am. Oh, no. Um, no, I, I say that sarcastically. Do you know what I really love in Monk? I love Wendy's salads. Really? So I, I look for Wendy's. I, I know. I never would have thought that. Wendy, Wendy's, I really, yeah, are, I know. They recently ruined their fries. They changed their fries and absolutely ruined them, so I've kind of been on a boycott. They're salads, hey, because they seem to go guard, like garden salads or fr- here's some fruit in your salad. They, they seem to do neat things in that. Chicken, uh, chicken, apple, pecan salad. It's kind of my go-to. <laughs> that right. I, because I don't want to constantly, I mean, if you need to grab something on the go or if you're driving somewhere as a good prairie person, I love, you know, when the opportunity is there to drive. <laughs> but if you're limited in your options, there's, there's my recommendation that you're safe to go with. A Wendy's salad. You may spot her driving down Pembina Highway with fistfuls of <laughs> salad. Know. She's Sarah Orleski with us. That's... I wish I could come up with something that nope. sounds a lot cooler than oh, that. But... No, my, mine, is, mine is like 7-Eleven. When we, we travel to Calgary for to call Ryder Stampeders games, there's a 7-Eleven a block and a half from the hotel we stay at. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. a dream. It's. I had a lot of, I mean, I obviously had a lot of Slurpees being a Manitoban growing up. Yep. Um, and then in university as well, I used to, I might have been a bit of a procrastinator when it came to writing term papers. And so there was a lot of late nights. And so there were a lot of trips to 7 for large Slurpees. Uh. And I think I had my fill in them. So I've tried to, in my um, later years, I have tried to, uh, you know, stay away from yeah. From the Slurpees. Avery, if you're listening, stay away from Slurpees. They're bad news. Bad news. Exactly. Bad, bad news. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Eric Comrie. Uh, 23 shots in this last game against Seattle. 20 saves. It feels like that was enough, uh, good enough to get the win. And, win, and through that, it becomes valuable that that, that he gives uh, Hellebuck a, a night off. No, he's not amazing. It, it was a night off for Hellebuck, and they won, and that sounds like it's great. Absolutely. And look, Eric Comrie has played well this season, particularly uh, when you look at his last couple of starts in St. Louis um, and then last night as well. And it's not the life of the backup, never easy. And because you go so long between starts, but then even more so with the way that the schedule was for the Jets, because they were only playing often one game a week or 
sort of thing. They kept riding Connor Hallibuck because he had time between. And going into this season, for me, Eric Comrie was one of the biggest question marks surrounding this team because uh, just an absolutely delightful human being. Did not know whether or not, though, he was going to be able to live up and provide the goaltending regularly that they mm. were going to need to be able to give Connor Hallibuck. He just wasn't proven with it. He's one of those he's one of those players that I think everybody, if you've met him before, you've interviewed him, that he is just such a happy, wonderful person and his perspective on life is so fascinating and to and refreshing. And so you want to see him do well, but you just had the question marks. And so to be able to see him come in this year, he worked with the sports psychologist a lot in the offseason. He's refined some of his game. And he's been able to provide Hellebuck a little bit of relief. They've still gone very heavy, obviously, with Connor Hellebuck. Mm. But when he's been called upon, he has been able to get them the all-important two points. Yeah, and just looking at his numbers, he's putting up numbers in obviously one quarter of the starts about that, uh, about what Hellebuck would have done, whether that's good game selection by uh, the coaches putting him in there or he's just, you know, ready to bust out at, at age 26. That's, that's, that's a real plus to a team that, like you said, starts to need to climb over teams to get into playoff spots. Saturday uh, they get Edmonton, and then Monday they get Calgary. Uh, they're not in the same division, and they're, you know, Calgary and Edmonton aren't really in the same race, but, I mean, valuable points nonetheless. Oh, well, especially when you look at, uh, when you look at even Edmonton. You look at that Pacific division, I think that there, that is, it is a team from the Pacific Division, in my mind, that they are going to be in that race with mm-hmm. for that second wild card spot. So I think that the first wild card spot will be locked up by Central Division teams, so you'll have that one kind of out of the mix. So these games against Edmonton, against Calgary, incredibly important for them to be able to get the two points. And I'm fascinated because we're still just over a month until trade deadline, and they're making it very interesting and and probably a little bit, I want to say problematic for Kevin Shoveldayoff, but certainly making him consider things perhaps differently because different if you're three points or you're one point out of a wild card spot going into the deadline as opposed to nine points out, obviously. So the questions as to whether or not he would be a buyer or seller, what sort of action we see on that front, is certainly going to, I think, fluctuate this month depending on what we see from from this Winnipeg Jets team, but mm-hmm. they need to continue to grab every point still as urgent as the, you know, as the two points in the previous game for them. But the thing with the Jets up to this point, and this is why one of the reasons why I thought Seattle was a big win for them is that that on paper was a very winnable game. It's the one that they're supposed to get, right? But the Jets, when you look at recent times, have struggled against teams that have been below them in the standings. They lost to Chicago. They lost to Philadelphia. These are all they've lost to Arizona. These are all points that, at the end of the season, if they don't make it in, you're going to look back on and say, "Oh, if only they had won you know, some of these games." So for them to fall down two nothing in the first period, but be able to come back and get those points, I think it's another positive sign for this group. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sarah, thank you, buddy. Great to talk to you again. We'll talk to you next week. Always look forward to it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Sarah Oleski, TSN, with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Two things there, Zinger, you and I need to talk about. Sarah said 
on the go picking up a Wendy's salad. Salad is not a food you can eat while you're driving. So I we didn't have time there, but I was kind of curious. Like, you just a handful of salad, stuffing it into your mush? It has to be one of those scenarios where you pick up the salad and then you eat it once you arrive at your destination. Because be. there's no way that you can shovel that into your mouth when you're when you're driving. Number one, that's 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 a hazard waiting to happen. Number two, you're not going to get any of that down into your belly. It's going to be all over your lap. Yeah, like, we we need to we need to dive into this more maybe next time with Sarah because I have questions. Yeah, I have but, questions about this. But that her her anchoring food had she moved to a would be to go get Wendy's salad. Like, all right, it was so random. Not, I laughed out loud when I not heard expected, that. but Wendy's really does try with the salads. They did brutalize their fries. They right? did. I reckon. I uh, oh. last time last time I had it was few few months back and. Uh, yeah, they used to be the nice sea salt fries. Oh, they were so good. Now they're they're like some double fried malarkey if you like big Burger King from 7 years ago. Like they're just yeah. they're not it's good and I've I've had to stop going, which yeah. I love the burgers, but you got to you got to give me the fries too. Uh 550. Uh speaking of burgers and fast food and stuffing it into your mush, we need to review the Kentucky Scorcher. Oh. Zinger and I eagerly anticipating this for four days. A burning hot chicken sandwich? Is it for real? It's next. 5.54 sports ticker time. The duo of Cassie Sharp and Rachel Carker took home the silver and bronze medals in the women's free ski half pipe. Sharp winning the silver and Carker winning bronze. Laurent Dubois I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong, DT. Is it Dubois or Dubois? Do you know? The, the speed skater. Anyways, he won a medal. I probably should get his name right. He captured silver in men's long track speed skating. And Canada's Brad Gushu won the bronze medal, defeating the U.S. 8-5. And also tonight at 7.30 Saskatchewan time, it's bobsled time. Rider safety. Hopefully, once again, next year, he's a free agent right now. Jay Dearborn going to be a... Uh, Hitting the bobsled. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. I would assume it would be something along the lines of Dubreuil. Yeah. D-U-B-R-E-U-I-L. It's a tough Laurent one Laurent Dubreuil. Me. Yeah. We where I would start, but then uh, we'll search up a couple. I'll, I'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the 630 hit. Yeah. We'll be fine. Uh, 555K, this is going to be faster than we had to. Uh, we learned of the Kentucky Scorcher. Scorching hot chicken sandwich, hottest chicken sandwich in the world. Burn your face off. It has to come with milk. It's so hot. <laughs> so hot. We learned of it on Tuesday. And I said to Zinger, Friday? I think we learned of it on Monday, actually. Oh, Monday? It okay, so Monday. I said, hey, uh, Friday? Yep. And you said, yeah. So went to Kentucky Scorchers, brought them into the office, sat down, opened them up. They, they look... Let's just start with the looks. They look pretty good. They look good. The The chicken itself is a bit more uh, thicker than uh, their original chicken sandwich. And uh, so I had high expectations. The scent is there. Yeah. I, I know Mark Johnston, he walked he walked by the room and he, he was like, hey, did you guys have like some chicken going on here today? And I was like, huh, chicken? No. But yeah, so it, it looks good. Canadian chicken breast. Spicy mayo, crunchy pickles, signature scorcher sauce, all on a toasted bun. They put out things about units of Scoville, and we're going to burn your face off. And here's milk and Carolina Reaper. 
Did we get milk with it or what? what no, was we the... went the other combo. Okay. Uh, I don't want no milk anyway. Ultimately, really quite. It was really quite tasty. It was not hot at all. Not hot at all. And <laughs> I, I, I was surprised. I, and I'm someone who, you know, I like my hot foods. And usually when it's like medium type hot, that's enough hotness for me. But this was not even at that level. I was very disappointed, DT. I look forward to this for five days and this is what we've come to. Yeah, not not hot at I'm all. I'm not looking again, forward to anything anymore ever again. Because you're broken. I'm broken. I don't wow. want to do that anymore. That is that is rough. It's it's almost like as I look at this, uh, chicken breast doused with signature scorcher sauce, smothered in spicy mayo, and topped with crunchy pickles. I feel like there was no scorcher sauce on it at all. No, because if if you told me it was just spicy mayo, the one that we had, I would say okay, that sounds about right. But it was not like. It wasn't that it wasn't hot, like, oh, my tongue kind of burned, and it was not, there was no burning at all. It was the same sauce they used, like I said, on their original sandwich that they put the sauce on. Feels like it. And yeah. I, I was expecting either the chicken itself to be, you know, marinated, uh, battered in some kind of sauce, or a separate type of sauce on oh, on the yeah. chicken, but it was the same sauce. I said sauce a lot of times. That's a lot of sauce. That's sauce, a lot sauce. of sauce. So when Sauce Gardner gets picked by the Green Bay Packers, you're going to be saying even more. Uh, the Kentucky Scorcher, delicious. S- quoting me Scoville units, though, tell that story walking. It did not happen. Still delicious. You should absolutely try it because, mmm. But you don't need that, the milk with it. Don't don't no. fall for that malarkey. Yeah, you can take the milk home with you. Not yeah. eating milk or drinking milk with chicken anyways, You'll right? You'll be just fine. Uh, Bert Wilson is on the text line. says, hey, DT, uh, it's clear to many of us your next job will be as a nutritionist. Planning healthy meals for orphan children is definitely your calling. A whole yes. lot of Kentucky scorchers. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky scorchers. Chicken balls from Dosu Walk on the way home. Slurpees. Slurpee. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's all the way, you, you, Bert. You hold. You told. You heard me tell Sarah's daughter to stay off Slurpees because that's just a bad road to go down. It's true. Bad, bad, delicious, delightful, refreshing road to go down. Five fifty-eight news is next. TSN Radio's Aaron Karolnik at six oh five in the cage. Six on a Friday for Nelson Holmes, supplying home packages, RTMs for over 65 years. The money man himself, Aaron Karolnik of TSN Radio, TSN Edge. What's going on, brother? DT, I'm fantastic. Got great to be on with the Tom Brady of Saskatchewan Sports Radio, stepping away at the peak of his powers to do things that, I don't know, have not yet been publicized, but I'm excited, buddy. Very happy for you, whatever it might be. And Thrilled to be on the program as always. Hey, you know how much I, I love talking our gambling stuff with you. You're one of the biggest CFL fans I know. And I feel like you may be, uh, well, significantly more of an Andrew Harris fan now. Mm, that's fair. So on my show here in Toronto on TSN Radio, we included some rare Argos talk on the program <laughs> this week and had Andrew Harris on with us. And I was uncertain what type of Andrew Harris we would be getting because We heard about his discontent about the way he parted ways with Kyle Walters, the general manager of the Bombers, just how things ultimately played out as far as the communication goes. But this was a guy I was really impressed with. And it sounded to me, and I guess 
sounds can be deceiving, especially when you're a 35-year-old running back in the Canadian Football League, but this man is motivated. I think there's no better motivator than thinking that someone screwed you over and did you wrong. And you want to prove them, prove to them that they made a mistake. And I think that's absolutely the case with Andrew Harris. That being said, there's only so much that can be within his control, right? I mean, you're talking about coming from Winnipeg, one of the top offensive lines, if not the top off, top offensive line in the CFL, to Toronto, which is a middling offensive line. So he's going to need to be at his best. I think you're going to see him put everything he can into this. But I think, as we're all well aware with running backs in professional football, mm. there's more than just your own abilities at play here, right? Yeah, Harris, of course, signing with Toronto. He got a substantial contract from the Argos uh, shortly after Winnipeg decided they weren't going to have him back. Says, has said in, in his interview tour that s- the chance of coming to Saskatchewan was never real. I think you as a, a, a disinterested party in this, as an Argos fan, the, the chaos that would have ensued had Andrew Harris to the riders had been a thing. Oh, that could have been amazing for football. Well, I, I think in many respects, it makes sense. We know the struggles that the riders had with their run game at times last season and inconsistencies in that position. I think we can all agree. Andrew Harris is still one of the best backs in the CFL. Maybe you can make an argument for William Stanback or Kadeem Carey, but when all the chips are in the middle of the table and you want your best guys being your best guys, the biggest of moments we've seen, that Andrew Harris is, is capable of that. I understand he's 35 years old, but this is a guy also that's a Canadian, so that helps mm-hmm. your ratio inevitably as well. But I, I think he's got some juice left in the tank. I don't know how much longer he's got after this season, but I think it was a shrewd acquisition for Toronto, an expensive one, but I think he'll also make his mark more off the field, maybe not more off the field than on it, but I think perhaps equally because we know what an outstanding leader he's been over his over his time in the CFL as well. Yeah, how they squeeze him into the ratio. They looks like they could go at this moment six Canadians on offense and then Enoch Mwamba, well Royce Mechie, they they're going to have potentially eight Canadians to to work with. So maybe it allows them to to shore up some other stuff, but they'll need to find a a Canadian to back him up. As you look at it, you mentioned Standback and Carey as the elite backs in this league. What what's a reasonable expectation or maybe what are the actual expectations for Harris this season in Toronto? I I think you're going to see him get a, a a large number of touches and at least from the outset that like that's probably going to be the plan. I would be very curious to see the durability, the sustainability on in the short to medium term for Andrew Harris as far as staying on the field. Keep in mind, he basically, well, I think he had three starts in the regular season last year just to ramp up for the playoffs because Winnipeg is such a massive lead in the West. Didn't really matter. He, it wasn't a necessity that you brought Andrew Harris back, especially because you have Johnny Augustine, you have Brady Oliveira behind him. In Toronto, the same luxury isn't here. DJ Foster is a good receiving back. We He showed very little as far as carrying the ball. That would indicate he's capable of carrying the load or even really being in a part-time back. And we saw a little bit from A.J. Willett. But I think Andrew Harris is going to be given a significant workload to start the year. And I think you got to hope that he takes this discontentment to heart and really puts in a massive offseason of work. Because if this is the Andrew Harris we saw at times last year and, of course, back in 2019 – absolute stone-cold weapon for the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, the, the DJ Foster part of this interests me because there's a guy with, what, four yards a carry last season, but you mentioned the receptions, 10 yards per reception, getting about four targets a game. That's where Andrew Harris is, is a monster, too. So I, I yeah. wonder if that 
I don't know if it negates the need for DJ Foster or reduces his impact because there's no down in which you want to take Andrew Harris off the field. It's true. And I think it's all about the idea of how durable you expect Andrew Harris at yeah. age 35 to be. Are you able to you be able to count on him to play every week? Is this a guy you might to have need a Kawhi Leonard style load management system put in place for him where the Argos, I'm sure they view themselves as legit contenders to come out of the East as they should. So you look at that aspect and if you need to make sure Harris is healthy as best as you can, uh, leading down the stretch drive. I think that's exactly what they'll do because I think they've built up some good depth in the running back position. Aaron Karolnik, TSN Radio, with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. I need to do a bias check. Will you help me with a bias check for us? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, we were doing this earlier. We were talking about Jeremy O'Day's reaction to Chris Jones's statement of Cody Fajardo's not in the top five quarterbacks in the CFL. So I'm going to name you a quarterback, and you tell me which one would you rather. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, would you rather have as your starting quarterback Nathan Rourke, Cody Fajardo? Cody Fajardo, for uh, sure. Bo Levi Mitchell, Cody Fajardo? Cody Fajardo, for sure. Ooh. I talked a lot to Bo Levi Mitchell uh, at times in the office. <laughs> this is not a humble brag, but I'm not certain that Bo Levi Mitchell's shoulder is going to be commensurate with a full-time quarterbacking role in the CFL anymore. I think this guy's got a ton of wear and tear, Ooh. and... I am very, very questionable as far as my perception of Bo as a full-time starter in the CFL. I think you're going to see a lot of Jake Mayer this year. Jake Mayer, Cody Fajardo. I'll still take Fajardo. Nick Arbuckle, Cody Fajardo. See, that's an interesting one because I think Arbuckle's got a lot of upside. I think if you gave him a full leash, but I would lean Fajardo. I love the dual threat that Fajardo provides and didn't have his greatest season by any stretch did Fajardo last year but I think in the right circumstances he can really thrive so I will take Fajardo there okay so we've got four Fajardos no none for the other Zach Caleros Cody Fajardo I will take Zach Caleros in that instance all right so 4-1 in the west for Fajardo the east the Hamilton Tiger Cats will go with Dane Evans or Cody Fajardo Ooh, that's a good one that's like a coin flip right there I do like Dane Evans and uh, he's a guy who I think could have a really big year if the health component of the Hamilton Ticats stick together. I will give a slight nod to Fajardo over Dane Evans. Uh, Toronto, uh, and this is where your bias will kick in to some degree, McLeod Bethel-Thompson versus Fajardo. Well, well, I can guarantee you one thing, DT. Cody Fajardo would not push a cameraman over after a <laughs> playoff loss. He would not go to Toronto Raptors games in spite of breaking COVID protocols, nearly blowing the entire season. That wasn't McLeod Bethel Thompson's fault. Of course, I say that in jest. I would take Fajardo. I guess Cody Fajardo is definitely a top five quarterback if I'm taking him over all these other guys. Man, please continue. Yeah, you the Argos, and I'd kind of, it one of those things that kind of left my mind. They almost had to go to a playoff game starting Antonio Pipkin, the East I Final. Know, I know. It was that would have been. And, and and there's been so few instances here in Toronto where the Argonauts have been the top, or even the CFL have been the top story. And to my mind, going back to 2017, the last time the Argos won the Grey Cup, you had Johnny Manziel coming to the CFL, would be one time, and the other would be the colossal screw-up with McLeod Bethel-Thompson attending a Raptors game, almost costing the Toronto Argonauts. Well, they ultimately lost the game, but it would have been a blowout for for uh, for Hamilton had McLeod Bethel Thompson sat and Pipkin uh, started. So those are the two instances. So that's the level of 
interest here in Toronto, sadly, for our Canadian Football League. All right. Well, the final two starters in the league are Jeremiah Masoli in Ottawa and Vernon Adams in Montreal. Those guys or Fajardo head-to-head? All right, I'm going to take Masoli over Fajardo by a nose. I think I think Masoli could have a really big year. Don't necessarily love what Ottawa did at receiver, but they they accumulated a lot of guys. And I think the BJ Cunningham is a really good example of someone who could be a really good buy low option for a team. And he was a guy who was a stud a couple of years ago uh, with the Owls. I think he could be a top connection for Masoli. And Vernon Adams, oh, I am not a Vernon Adams fan at all. I think I would lean Fajardo That's... over Vernon Adams Jr. So, Zinger, there you go. Uh, you, Luke, and I came up 7-2 to two Fajardo. Here, unprompted, unbiased, Aaron Karolnik comes up 7-2 to Fajardo as well. <laughs> not surprised. Not surprised. I take Fajardo great, over Masoli. It's, it's great minds. Great minds think alike. Isn't the, that the old saying, fellas? Yeah, though uh, Though Luke was staunchly in favor of Bo Levi Mitchell, and, and uh, Mitchell and Masoli were the ones he had different. But, uh, yeah, we've come to the same spot where the Riders are in a decent position. Not to say it's a perfect position and not to say Fajardo didn't struggle last year because he absolutely, positively did. But to assert that, that is there anybody on the Elks roster that you would even consider taking before Cody Fajardo? I mean, no. apart from Arbuckle, we've discussed. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Wait, so did Luke take... Fajardo over Caleros? No, he took he took Fajardo over everybody except Caleros and Bo Levi Mitchell. Okay, okay. Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah, not, no. but not Missouri. Understood. Understood. No, but definitely. But that that's that's the Chris Jones effect, right? He'll make these bombastic statements, and I mean, it's just building up a rivalry, right? Where you know, I think maybe uh, Edmonton's feeling left out of the Saskatchewan Winnipeg rivalry. Maybe they want to stick their nose in, and uh, I'm very curious to know how the West shakes out because you mentioned Nathan Rourke versus Fajardo to kick off this conversation. And I mean, is there a team that's more intriguing in the Canadian football league than the BC lions and their completely unique approach at quarterback, which is a, has allowed them to spend copious amounts of dollars <laughs> on all their other positions. It's almost like you're punting one position in order to fill all of the others. But if Rourke is legit, if he's a legit Top four, top five QB in the CFL. Oh, yeah. DC may have the best roster assembled of anyone. Uh, and that's uh, not really hyperbolic at all. I think that's a, a very realistic way to look at it. I think it's a very novel approach to team construction that BC is trying here. He He's the biggest make or break player in the CFL this coming season. Honestly. Agreed. Because, Agreed. Yeah, like you said, you, and you said top four or five. If he's even an average starter, BC is going to be a problem in the West. A problem. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, I mean, if Bo Levi Mitchell is a, a superstar, Calgary is obviously going to be contending for first place. But it, it's it's Nathan Rourke. Like, uh, the whole the – whole, how we're going to try to assess when we make our futures bets for the CFL this season will have to be how is Nathan Rourke going to play. Exactly, exactly. And, and the rumors of BC being in on Kenny Lawler alongside the pre-existing Lucky Whitehead, Brian Burnham duo. I mean, can you imagine that? I, I don't even care who's the quarterback. How could you not be successful if you ended up getting all three? Of course, Lawler ultimately not signing with the Lions. But that interest, at least, was indicative of the thought process here with the BC Lions, where it, it's almost like the Seattle Seahawks when they had Russell Wilson on mm. that rookie deal. And they were spending 
massive sums of money on their defense, on their offensive line, and that just gave them such an inherent advantage over the rest of the league. And I think, and we'll see how it ultimately plays out, Nathan Rourke, very little experience. But, I mean, for my money, when I saw he and Michael Riley on the field, Rourke was just as effective in, albeit more limited opportunities, as Riley. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think it's definitely the most intriguing storyline heading into the 2022 season. It is going to be good. AK, thank you, brother. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. He is Aaron Karolnik, TSN Radio, TSN Edge. Nice enough to be with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. BC, is can, BC if they're bad, okay, that changes everything. If Rourke can't play, Ooh, problems. Could you imagine? If Rourke can play, Ooh, and could you imagine? <laughs> when, when you try to assess, okay, well, how will the Riders do against the Lions this year? Well, the Lions stack up great, it looks like, in – well, defensive backfield, advantage. Linebackers were solid. Defensive line, they've really improved there. Offensive line, trouble uh, trouble for them. Receivers, they look great. Running back, who knows. If their quarterback is good or bad, they could be 13 wins. They could be 13 losses. Honestly, it's uh, they probably have the biggest range this season. It'll be curious uh, to see. Uh, 621, plenty more to come inside the cage. Push that bobsled. Push that bobsled. I, I don't know how you would cheer. A Dearborn. Yes. <laughs> Rider safety. Jay Dearborn in the men's four-man bobsleigh. 7.30 it gets underway with the first heats. The second heats are a little later tonight. If I wrote down time, I believe it's a 9.45-ish for the second heats. But uh, one of two well, CFLers, former CFLers, involved in the Canadian bobsleigh team. Sam Jaguer, the former Alouette, Alouette, Ticat, yeah, receiver, Indianapolis Colt, uh, involved in Canada one, Dearborn in Canada three. Uh, I'm just super jacked just to see how it goes. Because honestly, anything could happen. It's going to be on the no TV idea. here during the Pats game. It's going to be up on the big screen. Love it. I'm going to scream when I see Jade Dearborn. Do you think no one's going to be in the office? So when I see him, I'm just going to scream in excitement. I like it. Why not? I like it. It's Friday. It's family day long weekend. I'm screaming tonight. Yeah. So uh, that is a major plus for today. Jay Dearborn in the bobsleigh. A little bit of a minus today. Kentucky Scorcher. Didn't live up to the score. 13,000 Scoville. Uh, Not Ghost Pepper. What's the super? What's the Carolina Reaper? Yeah. Come on. The Carolina Reaper, I was just looking up, over a million Scoville. This was not that at all. It kind of ruined my day. No. Do you know why it didn't ruin my day? It It was was delicious. It was good. It was a very good sandwich. And do you know what? It's the type of person I am. I'm going to give this sandwich another shot probably on Saturday or Sunday, maybe on Family Day Monday. I'm going to give the Kentucky Scorcher another shot. Oh, low voice singer is back. Maybe they should get this voice on for a commercial to sell even more. Say it'll burn your face it off. It will burn your face off. There you go. Have the milk by your side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emergency milk. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Uh, Luke Mullender with us. Sarah Orleski on the uh, power of Wendy's salads, apparently. And plus some hockey stuff. If you missed any of that, obviously you get the sports cage on demand. Wherever you get your podcast, please do subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And, oh, boy, this is a big one for the Pats tonight, Zingy. Go Pats. 
This is a big one. Like you said, both tied in the standings, and I think both teams are five points back of that final eighth and final playoff spot in the East. So this is a big one tonight. It's always a tough place to play in the Art Hauser Center. Like Dante said earlier in the show, the fans are rowdy. They're on top of the ice, but it'll be nice for the Pats to get a win before the family day game on uh, Monday. Yeah. Got to start winning games. They Moral play, of the story. They play Monday here in Regina. They play Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes. Friday, three games in three nights on the Alberta, what is that, the Queen Elizabeth Highway trip? Oh, my gosh. That is that is rough. So it makes games like tonight even more important. Dante Dakari with a pregame show at 635. Puck drop at 7 right here on CKRM online at 620. CKRM.com. It is a 627. It has been a heck of a week. We're back Tuesday with more. Have a great long weekend. Please enjoy your time with your family. If you're out there working on the long weekend, we, we love you and we need you so much to keep things going. Thank you for that. But we're back Tuesday with all your hot riders and CFL and NHL talk right here on The Cage.